Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in for Bearcat Rewind. Coming up on the 4th of July holiday weekend, we hope everyone has a safe and happy Independence Day getting together with family and friends today. We have episode number 32 of Bearcat Rewind. We're talking Bearcat Golf with Gia Zupanzik. Her final year on the links for Northwest Missouri State during that 2017-2018 athletic season and really went out playing her best golf the way you'd want to. She set the Northwest record for the lowest single round with a 69 during the opening round of the MIAA Fall Preview out at Mozingo uh, during that 2017-18 season. She also shot 72 more times during that senior year. So really went out strong there and from her freshman year all the way up through her senior year to help Northwest Golf continue to climb up the MIAA ranks. And now we're seeing under head coach Andy Peterson heading into the 2020-21 season uh, that Bearcat Golf really primed for some big things ahead. So it was fun talking with Gia about that Northwest Missouri State golf team, working with Coach Peterson, what she's expecting from them here coming up in the future. Uh, but also uh, a native of Pueblo, Colorado, what brought her to Maryville in the first place. So all that and more coming up on the podcast today. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. We spoke with Gia about the growth of Northwest Missouri State Golf, battling the elements at Mazingo and around Maryville, and, of course, the upcoming 4th of July weekend. Gia Zupanzik is our guest on this edition of Bearcat Rewind. Gia, we really appreciate the time and, and coming on the podcast with us. And uh, kind of give us some background. You're back at Northwest as an academic advisor and success coach. And, and what does that entail for you going into this year? Yeah, thank you, first off, for having me. But um, basically what I do is in my two departments that I advise, I make the freshman, freshman schedules, um, work with them pretty closely, kind of helping with their transition onto campus, um, getting them set up for a faculty advisor their sophomore year, and then our success coaching classes, which we work with a bunch of different students, different populations um, in that course pretty closely as well. As someone who just recently was a Northwest Missouri State freshman within the last five, six years, I mean, you know that transition, what it's like, what you need to be able to get on campus and feel comfortable and everything. How much different is this going into the 2020 school year whenever uh, there are a lot of things that are still kind of up in the air we're kind of figuring it out as we go with the pandemic going on but how do you guys kind of address that with I guess so much uncertainty right now so with that um a lot of it is like just communicating with our students as much as we know they know um we want to make sure that they know that that we don't know anything that is happening behind the scenes or anything like that as far as um mitigation goes we want to be open and honest with them um, because we want them to feel comfortable, one, coming to campus. Um, we have a lot of parents, obviously, nervous to send their 18-year-old students away, um, which is very understandable. And so they have a ton of questions, and I think it's mostly about being open, honest, letting them know that we're still going to be here, whether it be online, um, over the summer, on campus things like that. We just want them to know that we're here to hook them up with the right resources and talk them through all this. And it's one thing to start a new job at any time, really. There's certain hoops you got to jump through and certain things that you're figuring out on the fly, but overall, how are you handling the transition into a new position, still at Northwest, of course, um, but also going through the pandemic at the same time? Yeah, it's been pretty tough. So obviously with our 
second half of the spring semester this year, um, we went all online. So I was a little used to working from home, but um, once we had to start scheduling at home and working from home, I was on Zoom a lot with um, supervisors with our team, our academic team, um, just kind of getting trained over Zoom. And then now last week was our first week back on campus, and that's been great. It's different definitely um obviously with our social distancing measures and our masks things like that but um it's been it's been quite a journey it's definitely just something different but I haven't found it too extremely hard getting used to like wearing the mask things like that I mean it doesn't take too long to get used to it Whenever you're going through and you're scheduling freshmen for the incoming year and you have kind of a feel for what some of these Northwest professors and courses are like are you steering anybody away from certain courses, trying to help them out a little early on? Well, so basically how we make our schedules is um, each department figures out what we call an OCS, so an optimal course schedule, and um, that lists out those those courses that those students need to be in to make them most successful. So when I'm scheduling them, um, just depending on a bunch of different factors, which we let them know as well, how we schedule them um, based on test scores, high school, GPA, um, ACT, things like that. So we kind of, we really look deep into that and we figure out what courses and what professors and such are going to help these students be most successful. So you, you wouldn't throw someone like me into algebra right away, right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> most of my students I try to keep away from math on a personal basis. You know, especially broadcasting, we're not good math people, so that's why we go into this route. But uh, have you had a chance at all since we have had, it's been a little bit different throughout the spring and now into the summer and working from home, have you had a chance to hit the course at all? I have a few times, yeah. It's taken me a while, actually, um, to get back into playing golf, but I've helped with junior golf out at Mazingo a couple times. Um, I actually did this last weekend, so I played with the kids that, I was working with, um, which was super fun. It was something to keep it really lighthearted and kind of just have fun with it. Um, but uh, yeah, I've actually played probably more in the last three months or so since we haven't actually had school on campus and stuff than I have in the last year or so. Is it like riding a bike? You're just going to go out there and, and shoot a low 70 immediately? Well, no, not quite, but I was I was super impressed with as well as I played for not picking up a club as long as I did. My dad always kind of has said, it just like you said, it's like riding a bike. You're going to jump back out there. Um, I think the biggest thing was the mental roadblock for me was getting over that competitive edge that I have. So you didn't go out there and just try to just completely uh, obliterate anybody you were playing against. You took it easy on them. I did, I did. I tried my best, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, grew up in Pueblo, Colorado. When did that love of golf come about? Is that something you got from your dad? I did, yeah. My dad and one of my really close cousins um, used to play all the time. I think I started playing around the age of four, um, just going out. We have a short nine-hole course, kind of like the Watson Nine here in Maryville, um, that they would take me out, chip, putt, um, all that kind of stuff when I was super young, and then I just grew up around it. My dad loves the game, so it was kind of just in my blood to be a golfer. Three-time All-Region in high school, a first-team All-Stater. Was playing collegially kind of always the plan for you? Yeah, it was definitely. Um, I knew 
from, I mean, probably seventh or eighth grade that I wanted to play in college. And that was kind of, that was kind of the goal, um, to help me, you know, obviously pay for school, but mostly do what I love to do, um, have something else. It was kind of my escape in high school and stuff. So I definitely didn't want to lose that part of me when I came to college. How do you find Northwest Missouri State from Pueblo, Colorado? So I actually, I was that, not ashamed of it. I was that student, that 18-year-old girl that wanted to be far from home, not too far that I can go home, but also far enough that mom and dad can't just show up at my doorstep anytime. Um, But I actually was on a recruiting website and got matched with the school. Um, And it sounds super cliche, but I came on a visit and it was middle of January. It was snowing, but I left and I told my mom, that's where I want to go. I don't want to look anywhere else. I didn't really, I mean, nothing compared to what my visit was like here anywhere else. Was it something to do with the athletic department, the the professors, uh, campus in general that, that specifically draws you in like that? Yeah, I think a little bit of all of that. Um, definitely the athletic department. So when I came, Andy Peterson wasn't the coach yet. Um, he started my first year, and so he didn't recruit me, but obviously loved having him as a coach all four years. But the athletic department, all the staff that I met when I was here, along with like advisors in the business department that I met with, um, super welcoming. Um, and then just campus to itself, just kind of going through and seeing how nice everybody was literally in every building we walked into. It was people were smiling, saying hi, things like that. Um, Pueblo's not a super big town compared to other places, obviously, but um, I really loved the small town feel of it. I wasn't looking to go anywhere super big. Well, you obviously know when you come to Maryville for a visit in January and it's covered in snow, kind of what you're getting into, but... You know, Mazingo's a tough course. The elements around Maryville are all, always just kind of ridiculous. The wind's blowing in all different directions. It's it's 30 degrees one day and 85 the next. How do you go about handling that as a golfer whenever you're trying to practice, get yourself better, become more consistent, but you're always constantly battling something little like that around Maryville? Yeah, that um, that was something. The wind was something I was pretty used to. It's pretty windy in Pueblo, but... Um, other things, obviously, like the different course type, a um, lot more hills here, um, weather conditions, obviously, you always have way more wind than you would in town out at Mazingo, but I think just a consistent practicing every day in those conditions was something that I think put us ahead of some other teams like Southern teams that had the chance to golf in nice weather all the time. We were more prepared, I think, for those inclement weathers and the wind and the rain and snow, things like that. Um, definitely just practicing as much as I could outside. We touched on it a little bit earlier, kind of when we were talking about uh, getting back out this spring and, and playing some golf, but uh, the mental side of the game, uh, as you're going out there and, and you're playing well and you're feeling confident, can you see a big difference in the way that not only you're carrying yourself, but that you play good one, on one hole? and then it kind of breeds and it feeds off onto the next hole and the next and the next, whereas the same goes if you slice it really bad on one one hole, then you come back the next and you're kind of feeling down. It kind of just snowballs from there. Yeah, so I think a 
big thing for me um, mentally was not looking at my scorecard um, too closely, not focusing on what I was shooting, especially especially if I was playing well, because the one the one time you look at the scorecard, then you unconsciously start adding up the next six holes you have left, and then things kind of can just go off from there. So um, mentally, it's definitely just kind of doing what works best for you. Sometimes keeping score works best for other people. Um, but for me personally, it was not focusing on that, more focusing on each shot individually and what I have to do here, not worrying about what's next or what's right behind me, just focusing on the now. Well, if you look at your senior season, you set the Northwest record for the lowest single round. You shoot a 69 in the MIAA fall preview there um, at Mozingo. If you remember that tournament specifically and, and kind of going through that specific round, was that one that you knew that you were playing well but you didn't want to see that scorecard at all? Yeah, that's actually, um, it is, I had zero idea about what I shot. Everybody else that was, I had a couple, like, previous teammates following me. Um, my dad was actually here for that. It was, so, it was family weekend, so he decided to come down. Um, so that was awesome, too. But everybody that I was playing with knew what I shot, and I had no idea until after we were done. Everybody was, like, coming up, giving me hugs and congratulating me, and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So <laughs> that was definitely something that made me, I mean, just validated that not keeping track of my score and not paying attention to that just helped me play my best. But did you feel it that as you went on throughout that particular day that you're kind of putting the ball wherever you want it on the course? Oh, yeah, definitely. I um, I knew that I was playing well. Um, I was. I felt so good that day just shooting I didn't really have I mean I had a couple shots here there that I obviously knew I could have done better but um I felt really good about my swing overall that day nothing was going too drastically wrong whenever you rewind and, and you come in as a true freshman to northwest Missouri State and you play in uh, six different events you shoot a season low 77 at the UCO Classic whenever you're an 18 year old going into some of these events, playing against some of the best golfers in the country with just what the MIAA has to offer. Do you feel a little bit more nerves? Is there a little more, more weight on your shoulders than those? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's a big jump from high school, especially. Um, I mean, everybody's kind of all at the – I mean, you have a lot of girls in high school that don't really play a whole lot, so you have your small group of girls that are really good um, and play up to the same speed as you, but then – you come to college, especially like the MIAA, um, and everybody's on the same level. So that's definitely something that I had mentally prepared myself for ahead of time is that I probably wasn't going to be out there shooting my lowest round the first day or even just, I mean, staying consistent as I did because there's longer yardages, different, um, just a completely different environment. So that's something that I think you really have to prepare yourself for is that everyone's on the same level as you when you come to college. We've seen Bearcat golf really steadily improve over the years, and, and you know your team felt like you know freshman to junior year had some points where you really had to grind through but really kind of start to come out, especially your senior season. What's that been like for you kind of watching this program grow? It's honestly been such an honor, and I, like – I love seeing those girls do well. I watch their scores probably more now than, I mean, 
I ever did before. Um, and I'm still friends with some of the girls. They are now going to be seniors that were freshmen when I was a senior. So really good friends with them. Um, and it makes me so excited to see, like, future Bearcat golfers, too. Like, girls coming in, just how well they're doing. And um, just, like, on the recruiting side of things, I just think they're doing really well with all of that. So it's exciting for sure. So many people know Andy Peterson as uh, the basketball player and then the assistant coach, but now getting to know him as the athletic director. But what's Andy like on the golf course? Andy's very um, calm, cool, collected. Um, There were a few times that I had to tell him my freshman year um, to kind of get on me a little bit. Like I was very used to that with my dad being my coach my whole life, like telling me when I needed to kind of just get it together and he picked that up really quick but he was very good at being individualizing his coaching between all of us because when we would tell him something that was going wrong um, he would remember that so I had a swing coach and I would let him know what kind of was going on with my swing if I was doing one thing this is what I'm doing he was awesome at remembering all of that Um, and it was so helpful on the course but having him there to kind of just say, hey, don't think about it too much. Just sit down, calm down. Um, when we would kind of get worked up was honestly really good for my mental game. Is there a particular tournament that uh, that a memory sticks out or a story about AP on the golf course? Um, there, Yeah, I think it was my sophomore year. After my freshman year, I was a little... Um, I had surgery my freshman year, so it took me a little bit to come back my sophomore year, but that was when I first told him. I was like, this is the year that you need to tell me I need to get it together when I'm out there just kind of hitting the ball and have a tendency to give up sometimes. It's easy to on some holes if you have three or four bad holes in a row. Um, And there was one tournament, and I was only a couple holes in, and I wasn't playing super well, and he was just like, you need to get it together. And I don't think I've ever seen him more serious in my entire life. So that was something that really stuck with me. And I think from there, he kind of felt more comfortable, actually, kind of being a little tougher on me on the golf course, like I needed. Kind of picked the right time to light that fire. Yes, exactly. All right, that's good. Uh, a couple more, and then I'll let you go, Gio. We really appreciate your time today. As um, you look at it, professionally do you have a favorite player ever anybody that you maybe model your game after or just try to follow um so when I was younger um my dad and I used to go watch LPGA events and Paula Creamer was kind of my my idol when I was younger um we'd watch her whenever we'd go I'd, I'd want to watch her the whole time my dad was kind of back and forth but um and then my dad's a big fan of Phil Mickelson so we followed him a lot just PGA Tour events and watching on TV and stuff like that, those two, I kind of just, mostly the way that they carry themselves um, was huge for me. I didn't really go off a swing too much. A lot of people try to replicate swings, but I was more of the mental side, like how do I want to carry myself on a golf course? That's awesome. And and I would imagine, too, just watching on TV is one thing, but then like really getting to see the intricacies of them in person at a tournament really just kind of sets it apart and and helps you get a better feel for how they do carry themselves. Yeah, definitely. Especially when, um, just because on TV, obviously they only show their shots and then they kind of move on to the next shot. Um, but 
actually being there in person and watching them, like how they deal with those tough shots and how they react. Um, you learn a lot, especially as a young golfer. I was really paying attention to those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see how well they carry themselves in person. And last one for you, since what's coming up this weekend, of course, your favorite 4th of July tradition. Oh, my favorite. Well, so when we were home, um, we have this water park called Waterworld. And um, I actually haven't been home the last couple of summers to go, but us as a family, my, I have a huge family. So we would all go up to Waterworld, spend the weekend in Denver, just watch fireworks, kind of just hang out, family time, definitely. Awesome. You can't beat that. And did you light a few fireworks too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's probably my favorite part about it. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, hopefully a chance to celebrate, see some family this weekend as well. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Congratulations on a great career at Northwest. And uh, look forward to seeing your working now on campus as well. Thank you, Matt, for having me. Thanks once again to Ajiga Panzik for joining us on Bearcat Rewind today. Enjoyed catching up with her, and we're really trying to push through these summer months and get back into that Bearcat fall sports swing here before long. So we're going to keep these podcasts coming each week. If you've missed the last few, we had Jordan Grove and Brady Bowles, former Northwest Missouri State football players, these past couple weeks. And we'll have much more coming for you here uh, in the future as well throughout July and into August. So I'll be watching for more of those. Thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.